This is Shifting Our Schools episode 96, Third Grade, The Stepchild to the Future. We consider ourselves the stepchild a lot of the time because we are kind of that in-betweener with a lot of things and, you know, we're kind of um, picking up where they are and then figuring out how to transition them to the next place. So, like you said, Seesaw, they are really familiar with through second grade, but now our goal in grade three is to really get them savvy on Google and um, the G Suite and all those um, different apps there. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to Shifting Our Schools. It's so great to be back with you all as I find myself this week in Luxembourg, both the country and the city, which makes things confusing and kind of nice at the same time. First, I need to apologize for the sound quality this week as I left my great Zoom microphone at home while I was traveling. And so there's a little bit of an echo here in the room, uh, but hopefully the content is worth you putting up with a little bit lower sound quality than we're used to. Uh, But it's still a great conversation that we're having today. What I love is that I fly halfway around the world to have the same weather I have back in Seattle. In fact, uh, it's been raining and off and on the last couple days as fall is obviously in the air. And one of the things that I found very interesting is yesterday, because I am me and I am that geeky, is I actually looked up and found that Luxembourg, where I am right now, is almost the exact same latitude as Seattle. So I fly halfway around the world to literally be in almost the exact same spot that I was. So that's kind of cool. And that's the geekiness that is me. Uh, But it's been great hearing from many of you either on Twitter or via email or over on our Flipgrid as you reflect and start to talk about the episodes that mean the most to you. There's been some great things happening on Twitter. Uh, If you follow the hashtag SOS podcast, just a lot of people talking about different ways around this idea we've been playing with lately about learning happening in the process and not the product. And what I love is Orna from Dublin stopped by last week and left this on our SOS Flipgrid. Hi, Jeff, how are you? My name is Orna. I am an EdTech coach here with Kamara Education Ireland. I'm based in Dublin. So um, I've been tuning into your podcast recently. I was just listening to episode 37 way back yourself and David Carpenter talking about different challenges you're facing and um, I just thought I'd check in and uh, say thank you for all the amazing ideas I'm getting from your podcast I think something that really stuck out with me from episode 37 is um, you said the learning happens in the process and not in the product and I think that's gorgeous sometimes I find we go into schools and we give uh, teachers different training courses and a lot of the time it's in how to use the technologies and it can be quite overwhelming and it can be removed from the day-to-day um difficulties and day-to-day challenges of a classroom and all the the well-being and all the all the um considerations that a teacher has to take on board um and sometimes you get stuck in the nitty-gritties of the technologies itself rather than the why the what's the point and I love that. The learning is in the process and not in the product. I love it. Um, I'll be bringing it to my classrooms and to my classrooms of my uh, educators um, tomorrow and during the week and uh, so on. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, I'll keep tuning in. Thanks for all your work. Bye. I totally forgot we talked about this idea of assessing the process of learning, not the product of learning, back in episode 37 with my good friend and SOS colleague, David Carpenter. 
So if you are new to the podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 37 and then listen to episode 94 from just a few weeks ago to go even deeper into this idea of learning happening in the process, not the products that students create. And thank you, Orna, for stopping by our Flipgrid and being an active part of our community. You too can stop by our Flipgrid if you have something you would like to share or a question you would like to ask. Just head over to sospodcast.org and click on the Flipgrid in the menu at the top. While you're there, you might want to take the new site for a spin. I am not finished with it yet, but over the last few weeks, I've been working on a new theme on the WordPress site. I'm very excited in that this theme was specifically made for podcasts and I'm still updating links, but uh, take the new website for a spin. And as you are part of the community, I welcome any feedback. And if you identify anything that's wrong with the site, uh, please let me know. It is still in beta, but I wanted to get it on the active site now. So you can head over to sospodcast.org and let me know what you think about the new site. Again, more updates to come uh, as well. So please, if you see something, say something. (laughs) Let me know if you find a mistake on the website so I can fix it. This week, I am over the moon that I finally talked to my good friend and fantastic educator, Ashley Sawyer, to sit down with me and talk about her third grade classroom and some of the technology integration units she has done and some of the things we're still working on here at ISL. You will hear us discuss about the new portfolio system they are launching here at ISL. And by the way, ISL stands for the International School of Luxembourg. You'll hear Ashley and I refer to it as ISL quite a few times in the podcast. If you have ideas or things you sh- you think we should consider, or if you yourself are using portfolios in your school or with third graders and have some great advice, uh, we'd love to hear from you either on Twitter using the hashtag SOS Podcast or by leaving a comment on this episode. Uh, you can head over to the website and actually leave a comment on this episode. That will make sure I'll make I'll make sure that makes it back to Ashley, uh, and it helps all of us just you know, look at and understand what we're doing. Or like Orna did, leave us a quick video on our Flipgrid account if you have something you'd like to share that way as well. And we'll make sure that makes it into a podcast. We're only as strong as our network and we love learning and sharing our knowledge with others. So excited for you to hear from Ashley Sawyer, my good friend and third grade teacher. And with that, on with the show. back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. So excited to be here with Ashley Sawyer, a really good friend. Uh, I've known Ashley for, I don't know, how many years now? What are we? Six. Six years? Yeah. Um, <laughs> went from her time when she was in Seattle, and now she is here in Luxembourg at the International School of Luxembourg, where I've been doing work for the last couple of years. So I thought it'd be great just to sit down with Ashley and get her story and talk about some of the tech things that she's working through in her third grade classroom. Um, so welcome, Ashley. To Shift Thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that you listen to all the time. I do. It's you a and morning ritual. Millions of every millions of teachers around the world, or oh, yes. three, one of the two. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get started and just talk about your journey in becoming a teacher. When did you know you wanted to become a teacher, and like, what was your journey like? I was one of those kids who always knew. I wanted to be a teacher. I loved being in school. I loved thinking about the idea of working with students and children. And so when I went to university, it was pretty much a no-brainer that I wanted to study elementary education, and that's what I did. Did you were you one of those were you one of those kids that played school with the neighborhood kids? Oh, absolutely. I had my chalk, <laughs> I had my board set up, and I would pretend to be teacher and We have a couple of those teachers on the podcast that just like knew from the moment, <laughs> yeah, right? That, that was were. me. 
Um, well, you're a third grade teacher now, so uh, talk a little bit about uh, when we first met in mm-hmm. Seattle, you were a second grade teacher, mm-hmm. and then you moved here to Luxembourg, to the International School of Luxembourg. Um, talk a little bit about your setup, your tech setup now in your classroom. And this is great, because we had this conversation mm-hmm. before we started recording, mm-hmm. uh, and just some of the challenges about third grade with technology. Yeah, in my grade three classroom of 19 students, I have five laptops and five iPads. So we have a bit of a mixture going on, and we just have to learn how to navigate, how to use those two devices in the same ways all the time. And part of that is that the way the school is set up right now is iPads K2, and then you are laptops four through 12. Mm-hmm. So third grade really becomes that year of transition. Yeah, absolutely. Our students come in and they are pretty savvy on the iPads. Many of them don't have a lot of experience on the laptops, so they feel pretty comfortable using an iPad. Um, but it really takes a lot of practice getting to know laptop and how that works and just learning how a trackpad works and left and right and buttons and how to how to navigate that in a completely different way, but still come to the same um, outcome of, of maybe on an iPad or whatever device they're using. Yeah, and I think that's fascinating because we've talked about for years that you know kids no longer know how to, how to use a mouse, mm-hmm. and we don't teach the skill of using a mouse. And now, here in third grade, kids are so used to touch screen, they're so used to either a parent's phone or their own phone, mm-hmm. or an iPad or something that's touch screen, that we literally have to teach them how to use a trackpad. Mm-hmm. I just find that that's just crazy. Yeah, teaching them how to use a scroll bar by pressing down and moving your finger at the same time using both hands was something I had to individually <laughs> go to each student and practice with them because they never done it before. The two fingers on the yes. trackpad, this yes. two, two finger movement. Yeah. Part, yeah. Um, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit about that and some of the, some of the ways that we're dealing with with that here at um, at ISL. Um, real quickly, can you talk about maybe a unit? where you feel like, excuse me, you feel like you um, were really able to authentic, <coughs> excuse me, authentically, you okay over there? yeah, I'm okay, <laughs> okay. Um, authentically integrate technology. So if, do you have a unit that you have in mind and that you think that was like a real deep integration? Well, yeah, actually, um, you working with us at ISL in our grade three team, we planned um, this unit on energy, specifically in Luxembourg, that incorporated renewable and non-renewable energy. And sort of a provocation into this unit was um, during one of our holiday breaks, we asked the students, you know, wherever they were around Luxembourg or um, wherever they were around the world, um, to identify different types of energy and to take a picture, jot down a note of where they saw that energy. And when they came back from the holiday, um, we had a big uh, Google map that we all shared. And so they logged in, they um, put in the city and the country of where that was. They found the, p- the point, they plotted that um, picture onto that point and tagged it as what kind of energy, um, renewable or non-renewable, and specifically what kind of energy it was. And like so, wind, solar, yes, exactly. For hydroelectric, whatever it was, exactly. nuclear. Yep, yep. Yeah. So then um, after all the students did that, we take a look at the map as a whole and saw where these energies were located. And then we kind of narrowed in in Luxembourg and saw, well, okay, what does this mean for Luxembourg and how can we 
determine our own perspective on, you know, knowing Luxembourg and our geography and our resources, what is the best energy for Luxembourg now that we're getting to know these other types of energies? Just seeing them, you know, plotted on a map that we did together was really powerful that they could bring in together and we could create these discussions together. And I love, there's so many things in there that I loved about that. One, the students having control in this idea that, hey, we're on vacation or you're on your vacation. If you just happen to see Mm -hmm. uh, energy sources, And part of it was working with parents. I know that you guys sent home letters yeah, with parents yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like, We have a little bit of homework for the holiday. <laughs> Sorry, but... But just like take yeah. a picture, yeah. jot down the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that idea that students were gathering their own data. We're not pulling yeah. data from somewhere else. The mm-hmm. students are gathering the data. The idea of the family involvement part of it's easy. Everybody's got a camera mm-hmm. on them these days. Take those different photos. And then the, actually the students starting to come up with their own questions. Because I remember when I came back and we were looking at the map, one of the things was like all these wind farms are in the north, I think northeast part of Luxembourg. And it's like, well, why are the wind farms there? And why are the solar arrays here? Mm-hmm. And really getting those real deep inquiry questions that kids were starting to ask based on just seeing patterns of where different types of energy sources were come from within Luxembourg. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's just to me that's a real inquiry, just a real inquiry approach that I really like. So, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think it was a really, really good unit, um, and I'm glad you thought so too. I think it was a really good, just a really good use of technology as far as just it was really authentic in using those maps, mm-hmm. being able to plot it. Yeah, and like you said, with the data, after they plotted that, then we could pull, you know, those um, sheets out of Google, and mm-hmm. we could um, sort it based on what type of energy, you know, here's where all the wind is, here's all the solar is, here's, you know, um, you know, all those different, yeah. all those different types, and just seeing, categorizing them where they're, where they are and why, and yeah. Relating that back to Luxembourg was pretty cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Making it relevant to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about this this time, my trip here. So I've been coming to Luxembourg for the last, I think, three years. Yeah. Right? yeah. Three years. So, yeah. Um, and this, we started focusing on specifically in the elementary school and starting and trying to get this ramped up in the upper school is this idea of portfolios mm-hmm. um, and looking at how are we using a digital portfolio that spans that stays with the student, that it's not focused on a grade level, but it's focused on the student. And the idea is, is that the portfolio stays with the student from kindergarten through 12th grade. Now, the way we are setting them up here at in Luxembourg at the International School is that we're using Seesaw K through two, and then we're using Google Sites four through 12, and once again, <laughs> third grade yeah. <laughs> becomes that yeah, year. <laughs> we consider ourselves the stepchild a lot of the time because we are kind of that in-betweener with a lot of things. And, you know, we're kind of um, picking up where they are and then figuring out how to transition them to the next place. So, like you said, Seesaw, they are really familiar with through second grade. But now our goal in grade three is to really get them savvy on Google and um the G Suite and all those um, different apps there. And so we we plan to still, you know, make reflection a big part of their time and day, but instead of, you know, grabbing an iPad and getting on Seesaw, we're trying to incorporate, okay, well, now here's a tool called Google and all these things that come with it and all the possibilities. And here's what it looks like on an iPad, but then here's what it looks like on a laptop. And you can do this on an iPad, but you have to do it this way on a laptop. And it's just a big transition year. Um, so... 
having those devices, you know, five iPads and five laptops can kind of be ideal, but sometimes you just want 10 of the same device, yeah. all the same device. So yeah. it's, it's finding the sweet spot of making it all work for your objective and, mm -hmm. fi and figuring out how we're going to do those digital portfolios. So our goal for right now in grade three is to, you know, get them acquainted with um, Google Drive and having their own Google account and being able to organize all of their documents, all of their files into folders. And so eventually they can pull those things and put them into a Google site for their digital portfolio. And talk a little bit about how we've decided to organize mm -hmm. those. Uh, yeah, so um, ISL has um, a, a traits for a student profile. And yeah, learning profile, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's five different traits that, you know, from preschool to grade 12, that um, we want the students to strive to be and show evidence of being. And when they leave the school, they should have all of these traits of being a good communicator, being creative, being proactive, being responsible, and being a contributor to the world. And I'm sure no other school <laughs> has those five No, traits. I'm sure it's totally new and nobody else has anything like it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, instead of you know um, having all these academic... Um, pages or folders of, you know, here's all of our writing and here's all of our reading reflections and math problems and things we are really trying to put into our reflections, you know, how was I maybe a contributor when I was solving this math problem mm -hmm. in my group or how did I communicate my ideas and my story that I'm writing? And so it really gives the students a lot of, you know, freedom and it gives, it's so powerful for them to be able to figure out, okay, how am I displaying myself as an ISL learner and, you know, finding their own pieces of evidence to put with the um, student profile traits. And so that's how we're vertically aligning ourselves, you know, because uh, like we've talked about before, as we start these digital portfolios and Google sites and things, it's not just for grade three, it's yeah. for, you know, here and beyond. And so we want to make sure it's applicable throughout the rest of their um, academic career. Yeah, and understand these skills we're building now are mm -hmm. skills that are just going to continually be built on mm -hmm. with the students over time. Yeah. Um, and, and what I love about this approach, and I know other schools take this approach, and hopefully anybody else that is doing this uh, can leave comments as well on this episode. But the thing that I love the most about this is we get kids to do this, that idea of critical thinking and the metacognition of, okay, here is all of these things that I've done through half of my third grade year. Um, and now I want to pick just one or two that show me as a collaborator or show me as a commun communicator. And I can choose it from any subject area that we, a lot of times when we think of communicator, we only think like, well, that has to be writing or speaking. Mm -hmm. But to your point, like mm -hmm. I could be a collaborator in a math group mm -hmm. and, and how can I show that? And really helping kids get to that metacognitive level of there's a lot of different ways you can show these traits mm -hmm. regardless of the subject. Mm -hmm. That we want kids to stop thinking of subjects and thinking of themselves in, in more of these metacognitive ways, I guess. Yeah. And like we talked about before, reflection is a genre itself mm -hmm. that they need to integrate into all areas throughout their school day. And so just getting into the habit of adding that reflection in during all parts of the day and then being ready to decide and choose how does that fit into me as an ISL student is really powerful. Letting them own that is huge as well. You know, it's something that they should um, be able to decide for themselves as long as their teacher is their guide on the side, yeah. as they're calling it. Yeah, and 
Um, I think one of the things, again, if anybody has any recommendations or ideas to help uh, both myself and yeah. Ashley and the team, one of the things that we're thinking about now is how are we going to scaffold that reflection for students? Mm-hmm. And I know one of the things you and I have bounced around is making like little I don't yeah. know what you call them, little, tickets? Yeah, a little exit ticket or sheet of paper, like after you finish something, okay, now it's time for our reflection part of this process. And, um, and you know, having, you know, those five traits at the top to think about and decide, okay, which one was I showing evidence of throughout this process, throughout this, you know, activity that I completed, and just getting that reflection bit and having even sentence starters in grade three, you yeah. know, I was a contributor because, I love that. you know, I was able to this, or I was a communicator because I listened to, you know, my group members on how to do this or that. And, um, yeah, just being able to tuck those away and then use those as, as part of the digital portfolio and putting them into that learner profile. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's really where the where the team is now mm-hmm. is trying to come up with what are those sentence starters? What does that look mm-hmm. like? And the thing I love is that yesterday during our meeting, the team had already dis- decided that once we come up with these, that they're just going to be everywhere that there are third graders. So we're going to have a stack of yeah. them in PE, mm-hmm. stack of them in music, a stack mm-hmm. of them in the art classroom, mm-hmm. so that kids just get used to. Yeah, that constant because the digital portfolio should follow them everywhere all the time. Yeah, it's not something that. we just do in our homeroom once a week. It's something that should be constantly happening as reflection is something we should be constantly doing as humans all the time and so just getting that to be like a habitual process for them I think would be really valuable yeah I love that so that's where we're at anything yeah. else to add uh, I think that's all for now <laughs> thank you I'm sure we'll come back um, yeah. I come back here I come back to Luxembourg twice a year so I've been mm-hmm. here for this week I'll be back in March uh, maybe we'll do another podcast then and just talk about how things are going and yeah. seeing if we got that thing. So, yeah. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Sorry, you just I had, had to. to right? I had to. Yeah. I had to. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.